Welcome to the Retzel Health Law Hotspot. Health Law Hotspot is a podcast for physicians and health professionals that covers the legal issues and trends that affect the healthcare industry. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Health Law Hotspot. I'm Erica Adler, shareholder and leader of the healthcare practice group at Retzel and Andrus. And today I'm joined by Jerry Diza from Pacific Reliance Medical M&A Advisors. Welcome, Jerry. Thank you. Today, we're going to be talking about a very interesting topic and one that comes up almost weekly within my practice, which has to do with med spas. In particular, Jerry is very involved in the selling of med spas. He's the managing partner of Pacific Reliance Medical M&A Advisors. They sell medical-based businesses, and he, Jerry, specializes in medical spa space. He's a member of the American Medical Spa Association and has a bookkeeping firm specializing in medical spa practices. So he brings a lot of expertise to this topic, and we're really excited to hear what he's going to tell us today. So let's jump right in and start off with what are exactly the secrets of selling a med spa? When somebody calls you for the first time and says, hey, Jerry, I want to sell my med spa, how does that conversation go? Okay, so so I'll ask, you know, so first of all, we'll sell down a non-disclosure agreement, right, because whatever we discuss is confidential. Um, so I'll, we'll leave with that. We'll leave with the confidentiality. I'll remind them that they don't want to speak to their employees. Let the employees know that they, they might be selling, because again, that could be a problem for them, right? As we sell the the practice or the business, the buyers are going to want a staff that's that's operational. So if the staff finds out it's for sale, they might jump ship. Okay, so of course we we, we want to make sure that we're selling a uh, a business that's running well. So I'll, I'll remind them confidentiality, and then I'll ask them, well, tell me about your practice. Tell me how long you've been in business. Uh, you know, tell me about your, your, your employees. Tell me about your revenue. So uh, ideally, we, we the, the medical spa should be doing at least a minimum of $1.4 uh, million per year. That's according to American Medical Spa Association. That is about the average uh, of, of revenue for an, a medical spa nationally. Okay, So if it's below that, we'll talk about well, why is it below that. Let, let's, let's look into how it's being operated. Okay. Uh, we also look at, tell me about your employees, right? If it's only um, the doctor or the, the NP or a PA and maybe a, an MA, it's a little too small. So I'll, t- I'll advise them. Well, you'll remember, we, we're, we want to sell a business, not a job. Okay, so if you're if you're the owner and you're the main provider for bringing in the revenue, that doesn't look good, right? We're, the buyers are looking for a business that's running on its own, right? They're, they don't, so make sure you're not the superstar. Okay, hire superstars under you. Okay, as a ma- as an owner, you should be at the nine thousand foot level, so to speak, looking and watching over your business. Okay, over your practice. So you want to make sure that you have you, you have the uh, proper staffing. You've got your PAs or your NPs or whatever it may be, uh, and then that you've got it. That you have them doing most of the the pro- provider work, and you're managing. Right, you're you're watching over your cost of goods, your your, your labor costs, uh, you know, and and of course customer service. Okay, so. We'll, we'll look at that. And then we'll also look at, well, how long have you been in, in business? Uh, generally speaking, buyers want to see a, a business that's been in, in business for more than three years. Okay. So those are the, the basics that we, we talk about. Okay. So when we talk about a physician though, and this is their practice, does a buyer usually want to buy it and have the doctor stay on? Or is that kind of the end of the doctor's association with the practice? Or have you seen it both ways? Good question. So it depends on the buyer, right? So 
there's three different types of buyers out there. You've got the doctor who's working at Kaiser and he's getting burned out and he wants to go out and open up his own business, right? So he'll maybe buy a, a medical spa. Medical spas are good because they're they're all cash, right? There's no there's no insurance involved, so it's really easy to uh, to, to get in one. Uh, you have another buyer who might be a strategic buyer. They might own two or three med spas and they're looking to acquire more for the portfolio. Okay, then you have the private equity groups. So they're looking for, well, okay, so for those two that we just mentioned, they're going to usually want the owner to stick around for maybe two to three months and then and move on. But if it's a private equity group, the, they might buy maybe 70, 80% of equity into the, the practice and then keep the, uh, the provider on for a couple of years, maybe two to three years, and then have them uh, gradually exit out. Or they may say, look, we'll keep you on. And then as, as we buy more of these med spas, we're going to roll them up and sell it to a bigger private equity group. Okay, right. at that point, the 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 seller, which or the the owner, will take a bite out of the apple twice, right? It'll be when they first sell it initially, and then maybe three, four years down the road, when it gets sold to a bigger uh, private equity, they'll get another bite out of that that sale. So, are you seeing a real interest then in people wanting to buy med spas? Is there a lot of demand out there right now? Oh. Yes, there is. I get. I can't tell. And you know, and that's not just from people in the medical field. There's a lot of investors because they see the 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 beauty of a medical spa, right? It, it's high profit margins, at least in terms of business. It's, it's a higher profit margin uh, business, and uh, it's again, there's no insurance involved, right? It's all cash, and of course, there's a big need for or a big demand for looking younger and more attractive. <laughs> Right, it's just human nature. So, so there's, there's always that. There's always that that aspect of a medical spa. Right. Have your business, uh, your the clients that you work with, been reporting any kind of slowdown because of the economy in terms of the demand for? Oh, oh my gosh. So of course, COVID hit. Right. So in in 2020, everyone got hit. Right. But then 2021, people came back. We saw the numbers jump. They were higher in. 2021 and then 2022, then they were in 1999, uh, uh, right? So there was a, a pent-up demand for, for medical spa uh, procedures. Okay, perfect. And even now this past year with the, you know, increased cost of living, you're still seeing a, a huge demand for it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Everyone wants to look good. Same. I mean, we continue to, uh, you know, very successfully sell med spas and medical derm aesthetic practices there's still a lot of demand just always curious you know if other people are seeing a slowdown at all so when somebody wants to buy a practice uh and you're representing the seller obviously one of the first things that happens after the general terms are agreed to is you go into a phase of due diligence right and so um what are some of the diligence issues that you see for med spas that are sometimes a problem uh, or, you know, things, advice that you would like to give to med spa sellers in terms of getting ready to sell? Okay. So the first thing is the books, right? Books and records. So, you know, and I, and I get it, right. When you first started your medical spa, maybe you had your wife or your, your, your brother, your sister-in-law, what have you take care of your books. Okay. And that's fine for the first maybe couple of years. Right. But as your revenues start ramping up and you're doing over a million in revenue now, Hire a professional bookkeeping firm or or a CPA to do your books, okay? Because that's the first thing that a buyer is going to look at is they're going to ask me, Jerry, let, let's look at the books, right? So when they look at your P&Ls and let's say your key performance indicators, which are your labor, your cost of goods, your rent, uh, and they're off, right? If you hired a professional bookkeeping firm and that, they, that knows what they're doing, they should be able to catch that. 
Okay, but if it's again, if it's your brother-in-law or your, your your sister that's doing the books, they may not know where where your key performance indicator should be at. Okay, so so the numbers might be off, or again, it could just not be a very attractive PL. I've gotten some doctors where they actually did it themselves and the numbers were just horrible, right? So understand, right? When, when you have a buyer and they're going to pay money for your practice, and it's going to be a, a substantial amount, they're going to want to see professionally provided books, okay, or professionally prepared books. So uh, keep that in mind because that is that is very important. And of course, you'd want the same thing, right? If you're buying a business, you're going to want to make sure that the the, the PLs and and the tax returns are easy to follow. Right. And I guess the other important thing is, and you and I talked about this previously, is that if you have multiple locations for mm -hmm. your spot, uh, maybe having the books reflect the performance of each location. Yes. Uh, I've seen some where they kind of are dividing the derm versus the aesthetic piece, and being able to kind of uh, present the data in a way that everybody can see how successful, like, should we bother continuing to do DERM when it represents such a small part of our practice that is not particularly profitable or, or things like that. Right. So it, it also needs to tell a story so mm -hmm. that kind of see what, you know, what it looks like and what, what they're getting. Right. That's right. Yes, um, now, in addition to financials, due diligence involves a lot of other questions. Have you, regularly filed and paid your taxes? Have you ever been sued? Uh, has employee ever made a discrimination claim against you? Um, you know, there's a variety of pieces of due diligence that need to be collected uh, in a transaction. Um, how do you feel that spas that are looking to sell do with this kind of information? Do they generally keep good records? Are they getting sued a lot? Are they paying their taxes? What are you seeing? So yeah, it, goes, it just depends on on the, uh, the the practice and how it's being managed, right? Thank God I haven't had too many <laughs> sellers that have had too many issues in terms of legal issues, but I have had the occasional where, let's say, the um, the the, the MESPA is being sued by uh, a patient because for whatever reason, you know, they did their injectables, it didn't come out right, right? So you want to, if you're an owner, you want to get on top of that quickly, right? You don't want to get to a lawsuit. You want to make sure that you can. Uh, alleviate that patient's concern quickly, right? If that means offering more services, giving you discounts, giving you refunds or whatever you need to do, take care of it, right? Uh, you know, and I hate to say it, but buyers will be looking at your Yelp reviews, right? They'll see, and they'll see, well, okay, how is this practice being run? Are there, are there a lot of complaints from patients or are they doing a great job, right? So obviously, you know, just because the numbers and the bookkeeping is good, they're also going to want to see how is it being run, right? And and there's different ways that they look at it, right? They're, when they do their deep dive, they'll look, they'll of course look at your operations, but unfortunately, they'll still look at you and Facebook reviews. Okay, so so make sure that you know just just do that. Uh, look at your reviews and and see how you can improve the practice if you need to, right? If if you're getting a lot of negative reviews, turn that around, right? You, you know, reputation is certainly key. You're not going to buy. Uh, that's something you can't correct, especially if you're thinking of taking over the actual site. People, even if you just buy the assets, you're in the same space. So people tend to associate you, even if it's a new owner, right? Uh, and a lot of places like to take on the name if it's known. If you're keeping that name, you're taking, you're buying their reputation. I right. think it's important though also that there's some preparation work. You don't just wake up in the morning and say, I want to sell, right? You need to make sure things are in order. Do you have any outstanding liens that you need to take 
take care of. Can you find the contracts that you've signed? To me, very frustrating when we're trying to do diligence and nobody has copies of any contracts anywhere, right? Uh, is your malpractice in order? Is your, you know, so having, being well organized and planning to sell involves quite a few steps, cleaning things up with patient issues and stuff. But the documents from a legal perspective, you know, you want to keep your fees low when you do a transaction. We probably spend more than half our time trying to chase down documents and 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 put out fires on things that could have been cleaned up before a transaction, right? So whether you're on the seller or the buyer side, these things should be important. It's not just a, a buyer issue, right? It can right. kill, it can definitely kill a deal, right? Uh, you didn't, you were late paying your taxes, you owe the state department of revenue, you had a wage claim against you, you have an EEOC claim, you, you know, whatever it is, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that'll um, scare away a buyer quickly. Yeah, so you're lucky you haven't seen a lot of that. And I think, you know, usually what I would expect is that you'll work with somebody for a period of time and say, hey, let's clean this up. In six months, we can talk mm -hmm. about selling, but we need to kind of get our, our ducks in a row here, right? So right. that's probably I, buyers are, don't have that experience quite as often as they might, right? So um, I, I like your point, especially about getting guidance. So as a broker, you provide, uh, you know, as a bookkeeper, you provide that guidance. Lawyers provide guidance, financial planners. You know, you need to surround yourself with a team of people who can kind of tell you, because you're right, a lot of these are, they start off people, you know, starting to practice on their own, which is great, right? But at some point, you got to do what you're good at, which is, practicing medicine or, you know, providing services and let other people kind of guide you. Um, and I think that's a mistake. Sometimes people wait too long to do that. So I agree with you. Um, well, I think what it is, is obviously they, they don't teach how to run a business at medical school, <laughs> right? That's not one of the courses. So or, or um, law school, right? Right. So, there you go. Yeah. Right. You know, back to just getting the books and, and records yeah. in order. A lot of things doesn't happen too often, but every so often I'll have that medical practice, that med spa where they're still using the old paper filing system, right? Instead of going to an EMR or EHR, like an aesthetics record or an aesthetics pro. Or, and again, not that I'm promoting either one of those those software programs, but but come into the 20th century, right? Turn, you, you know, when, when we walk into your, your medical spa, we shouldn't see a whole bunch of file folders uh, uh, on the uh, on the shelf anymore, right? We, we've, uh, we've converted to electronic records. Right, absolutely. And that's a good transition to the next topic I wanted to talk about, which is HIPAA, right? So one of the key things that a buyer is always going to be looking for is compliance with the law. And a really big one when it comes to medical records is HIPAA. Have you maintained your confidentiality of records? Do you give copies you know, when requested, where are they saved? How are they stored, et cetera? Mm -hmm. In your experience, are most of the sellers up to date and compliant with HIPAA that you're seeing? Yeah, most of them are. But again, you, you have those few that are not. So, but yes. What, what I also noticed too, though, is a lot of times, like if you look at their Yelp or their website, they'll have actual patient pictures, which is fun because they're showing before and after, but they're not blocking, you know, maybe the eyes or, or what have you, right? Because I know there's confidentiality with that as well. I, I wouldn't want, you know, if I was a patient, I wouldn't think I'd want my full right. picture on, on a uh, on a website somewhere. Well, unless the patient obviously specifically is given permission, which is another issue. Like if you're the, you know, if you're going to be taking over the website and retaining those photos, you do want to make sure that the patient actually uh, gave permission for that. Yes. And your 
if you're buying the assets and not the company, you know, how do we transition the right to use those? That's a great point. I mean, uh, those those photos before and afters are super important in that industry. So really important to think about that. Um, so what do you think that a med spa really needs to do to continue to maintain attractiveness? We know that obviously they want to continue to grow Um but how can they know how they're doing compared to other med spas? How can they figure out you know, what other people are doing that, you know, they should well, be thinking? Question. Yeah. Well, you know, is that something you work with? Yeah. Well, yes. Again, according to AmSpa, right, the average medical spa does about $1.4 $1. a year in, in, in sales. So right there, that's kind of your baseline gauge. Okay, where am I at compared to that, right? Now, obviously, if you're in a, in a major city like LA or New York City, yeah, you're, we expect you to be above that average, right? But if you're in like a, a small town in Idaho, right, it's going to be maybe at that level or maybe a little bit below. But either way, we're going to, we, we want to see that your sales have been going up every single year, okay? So even though you're not at the average, maybe you're, but you're, you're hitting, you're getting there, right? We, we want to see a consistent growth. Which goes back to again a lot of marketing, right? A lot of med spas, uh, you know. Unfortunately, I get calls from owners, or they're just a little—I don't want to say cheap, but they are. They, you know, you you've got to spend money in, in marketing and advertising to increase your sales. And well, I'll notice when I go through the P and Ls is I'll look at their their line item for advertising, and it's maybe one to two percent of, of revenue versus five to ten percent of revenue. Okay, and then then you'll notice, then you understand kind of why they're not hitting the numbers that they should be hitting. So the marketing is really the biggest differentiator. Um, I, I mean, location and geography, right, is good. Mm. Visibility, maybe, like, from the street versus, like, in the building where you can't see it. Uh, social media presence. Like, I would imagine that those groups that are using that to their best advantage are, are among the bigger ones um, that you see out there. That's true. I didn't think about that. Uh, what about uh, Another one, too, is, is membership, right? A lot of med spas, especially the ones that are, that are high producing, have a really good membership program. Okay, because that's just recurring revenue every month, right? Th th this is money that's coming in whether they do procedures or not. So that's a really good added uh, uh, bonus to your business, right? Get that 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 uh, that membership program active. So tell us a little bit more about the membership for those that are listening and don't know what you mean by that. Okay, so so some spas will have, let's say, a, a recurring bill where they charge the the patient like two hundred dollars a month, and then but with that there's services provided maybe a discount on Botox or, or, or fillers, or there might be certain procedures every so often that may be given away. So there's different ways of, of promoting that membership program, right? And it just goes back to, well, are you mainly a Botox shop or do you do a lot of lasers or do you do a lot of IV hydration? So th there's a lot of things that you could add into that, that membership program to make it attractive for your, your patients to keep coming back to you, right? You don't want them going to your 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 spa for for one procedure, maybe going to another spa for another procedure, right? Or you don't want them shopping around. So a good way to keep them at your at your spa is to offer a membership program, right? So now that now you've got the permission to uh, continue continuously advertise to them, right? And advertise your specials uh, and, and and give them discounts throughout the throughout the year. Right, that's a great idea. I haven't really seen those kinds of programs. I've seen a lot of like parties and gift card. Mm, yeah. Approaches. So it's like prepaying for future services at a discounted rate. I've seen a lot of those. I haven't really seen membership, uh, but it's, a, I guess, the same concept. So um, you're finding that that's pretty popular then with oh, yeah. really yeah. interesting. 
Um, all right, so let's talk about employees. So obviously the owner of the practice is very important, particularly if it's a physician, but the people who work there are as well. One of the biggest issues I've come across with med spas is um, a lack of knowledge by the owner about the requirements under the state law in terms of supervision, who, what type of licensure can perform what services. Um, that's one thing. And then secondly, not properly responding to uh, inquiries or investigations by the state. And in med spas generally have a slightly higher rate of being investigated, I think, um, than other types of medical practices for a couple of different reasons. Uh, one is there's a lot of models where there's non-physician owners that are very involved in med spas. Um, so a lot of times, you know, the state is looking into whether that's set up properly and then they start looking at other things. Uh, secondly, I find med spas often will tell on other med spas competitors uh, <laughs> yes. if they're not doing things right. Um, right. And thirdly, there's a lot of doctors who don't do med spas but are in the derm business that I found uh, are maybe a little hostile to the derm med spa model um, you know, they may not view it as true derm or, or something like that, um, you know, and then, um, you know, whatever, there's, there's other reasons as well. But I do find that from a regulatory standpoint, med spas really need to be on top of the law. They need to make sure everybody's properly licensed, credentialed, doing the appropriate services. If you go to sell, particularly if private equity is the buyer, um, they are going to be doing more diligence. We've only touched on diligence in this discussion. Their diligence is not going to be only looking at the contract, uh, but the policies, the employee background. Um, and one of the things they're definitely going to look at is compliance with state laws in Absolutely. terms of items that I've mentioned. So uh, in generally, when you're talking with your sellers, um, is this something that they are on top of? Are they aware of these requirements or some of them a little lax with them? What has been your experience? Yeah, again, thank God the majority of my sellers have, have been on top of it. But again, you get every so often you will come across that one seller who may not be uh, up on things. Maybe be, maybe maybe they're not understanding the corporate practice of medicine for that state, right? So that's where they, they maybe have an MSO PC set up and maybe it's not quite set up uh, uh, the way it should be. So these right. are issues that, yeah, as private equity dives right. in there, they're going to, because remember, if, if private equity is going to buy the, the practice, they're going to have an MSOPC set up as well. I can, chances are that the private equity group doesn't, isn't owned by a doctor. So right. that's where they're going to look at how you're set up. And they, you know, again, just making sure that everything is, is above board. And I'm sure you could probably speak to that more than I can. Since you, you'd yeah, I'm actually I'm that, but I'm also thinking more about licensure. So for example, in some states, only physician, physician has to have a visit with, a patient before they can have laser hair removal, right? Mm -hmm. Or a physician has to be available at all times to supervise an MA that might be performing services. Mm -hmm. And not everybody is aware of that. Some people are supervising too many mid-levels. Mm -hmm. State law speaks to that as well. So there's many different laws that people need to be on top of depending on the state you're in. And that's something where I find there's a real lack of knowledge. Um, and, you know, sometimes you have, buyers that aren't aware either so they don't ask the right question mm -hmm. but um you know the worst is if you aren't doing your own homework you're looking to sell you don't want it coming up when you're looking to sell right um because then you lose the deal potentially uh, but also then you have to bring yourself into compliance which could really affect your 
bottom line at the end of the day, right? Let's say you're using less expensive staff to do certain services, but oh, guess what? Only a doctor can do that or only a highly paid mid-level can do that. And then you have to start making changes that affect your value as well. So to me, you know, being aware of these things uh, before you try to sell is really important and um, you can't be, you know, too casual about it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It makes, yeah. Um, and by the way, these laws change continuously in every state. So mm -hmm. what you thought last year might not be correct this year either. And even I, you know, in our group, we're constantly looking at those. You know, one other thing I want to mention to you is that, you know, you know what you're doing and you give advice and you work with lawyers that give advice. Sometimes I find that doctors or med spa owners are relying on um, manufacturer reps for advice or they're going to like conventions or shows and that's where they're getting their advice from. Have you found that as well? Yes, unfortunately, yeah, they're, you know, and I get it, right? The reps are trying to try to make a buck, right? So of course, they're trying to sell the products and they're they're giving uh, they're giving the, the advice that maybe they shouldn't be. So yes, make sure that you, you know, when it comes to legal matters or, or, or you know, matters that are not related to that specific product from the sales rep that, yeah, maybe get better advice from an outside source. Right. I mean, sometimes people buy something and they think it's great and then they don't have the right staff to run it or whatever because they were told something by the manufacturer. So right. from what I'm gathering, the best advice that you are offering here is do your homework ahead of time. Find out if you're doing well enough and what you should be doing to improve your bottom line. Um, it sounds to me like you are recommending due diligence, both financial and mm -hmm. otherwise the practice to make sure you could sell, obviously surrounding yourself with a good team like yourself to help people, um, you know, negotiate, get things corrected and, and set up before you actually sell. Um, have, have, is that a kind of a good summary? Are there other pieces of advice when it comes to selling your practice that I you know, I want to give you the chance to share those because everybody's probably like writing these down saying, I want to sell Ed Spa, but I didn't do this. I didn't do that. What else should they be thinking of? You know, may, maybe just, uh, again, going back to curb appeal, right? Make sure that the uh, the practice does look well, right? If you've got old, outdated uh, lasers in the back that you're not using, get rid of them, okay? Or, you know, or let's say if you're not, if you're in a, um, a retail location and you, which is a great place for a mess spa, by the way, make sure that you're, having proper advertising on the windows, right? So, so it attracts more, more people looking for med spa services. Right. Um, having policies and procedures in place. Okay, that's very important, right? Make sure that that you've gotten your, your policies and procedures to where, you know, how do you turn the lights, okay? <laughs> right, and, and what do you do when a patient walks in the door? How are they supposed to be greeted? What what should they, you know, who, who handles that greeting when they first walk in the door? And what do they say? What do your employees say to them, right? And then what, what should they be addressing when they do walk in the door? Okay, right. so proper policies and procedures. Okay, that's 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 huge. Right. I love the curb appeal comment because, you know, you go somewhere and it's not clean. Mm -hmm. Back right. If it looks dated and old, unfortunately, these days there's so many beautiful med spas that people spend a lot of money building out their space, and you've got to kind of compete with that a little bit, right? Uh, yeah. Absolutely yeah. right. Plus, I find a lot of people are offering med spa services other than regular med spas. You know, you have OB-GYNs, 
Um, you have internal medicine docs, you have other specialties that are like, hey, I want to get in on it, right? Mm-hmm. Other than the traditional. So now your competition is expanding. There's even some dentists that will do, yes. you know, services as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of competition. I, I think that's really great advice. Uh, it can be expensive, but it's an investment, right? It is, yes. Right. Something Like you said, you got to spend money to make money, <laughs> right? So, yes. But, um, all right. So this has been really helpful. Any final thoughts that you want to share? You know, again, just, just like you said, right, hiring people that specialize in the industry, right? Again, right, you know, as, a, as a healthcare attorney, right? You're not, you're, you're different than, let's say, a, 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 a real estate attorney, right? You're, the, the lingo is a little bit different. The, the, the nuances are a little different. It's the same thing with when you're selling in your medical spa, right? You want to make sure that whoever's selling it has actually been inside of a medical spa and understands the procedures, right? So yes, just, just make sure that you've got good, a, good, a good team around you, uh, when, you do, uh, when you're getting ready to sell and when you do sell. I love that. Well, we're going to share your information. So anybody who has questions or is looking to sell their med spa or just to find out about what they're doing right or wrong, if they're, you know, made down the road, want to sell, can contact you. This is Jerry Diza, and we will have your information and your bio on our website. I thank you very much for joining me today. It's been great. The Retzel Health Law Hotspot is made available by the firm and its attorneys for educational purposes and to provide general information, not to provide specific legal advice. Use of the Wetzel Health Law Hotspot does not create an attorney-client relationship between you and the firm or any of its attorneys. The Wetzel Health Law Hotspot should not be used as a substitute for competent legal advice, and you should contact an attorney in your state about any legal needs or questions you may have.